Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, wildfire. Woodpecker's amazing adventure is our subject today, and it is out. And we were, uh, last time we spoke to the author, Rita M. Emery, we, uh, we were alluding to the fact that, uh, that it would be coming out, and it's out. It's beautiful, it's wonderful, and it's great for a gift for someone. The illustration is, is wonderful. Rita's uh, partner on, on the book. I did an incredible job with um, with the layout. It's just a wonderful book. What a wonderful book, Rita. How are you? Oh, fine. Well, how do doing you doing the best I can? Well, how do you? <laughs> I'm sort of light up these days. Not doing much, but yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, let me let me ask you this: uh, Does it feel much different with the book out? I I imagine it it it's a it's a relief to get it out and and. Um, exciting to get it out, and I, you know, I know you've been you've been battling you're a little late out there, but uh, it's got to be exciting to have the book out. Yes, that, that's like five years of work in that book, and finally to get it published and actually see it out. I never dreamed in my wildest dreams it would ever get published, but I'm just I'm just ecstatic about the whole thing. Yeah, you should be. It's just absolutely fantastic. Um, and it's it's a wonderful story, and, and I'll tell you, it's um, it, there's so much going on with our environment here, and you're kind of right in the belly of the beast there. You're uh, Northern California, um, a, a lot going on. Last time I spoke to you, I think you, you could see smoke. You could see smoke uh, with the wildfires. Are you still in that kind of situation? No, we had about a month ago a good rain, which helped the firefighters, and now we're in the process of fighting the fog and continuing with a drought that rain is not very promising for us this winter at all. If you can, let's do, you know, and we've done this before, but, uh, you know, we did a little bit of your history and, and, you know, your wonderful educator and gym teacher. Uh, but let's, let's do a little bit of the history on the book. Uh, you said five years in the making and it's well worth it. Everyone must buy this book. It is fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. But give us a little history of the book, how it started. Well, I was teaching in, a, in an after-school program, a writing, writing for students, and we were and uh, we were publishing little books for the kids, where they would have, take their pictures and write. And I was helping them. And then I had one group of three or four sixth graders in my group, and they said to me, point blank, well, we will write if you write something and you write with us. And I was just, I was taken back by that because these were very intelligent people and everything. And I said, okay, I'll do that. And this is how this book got started. I work at the Susun Wildlife Center here in Susun. And uh, and one day we had a fire up in the hills in Northern California, in Northern California. And um, so they brought these woodpeckers in, and I thought, ah, I'm going to write about this. So I found out a little bit about how it all took place and everything, and so I started writing. And the kids were really enjoying what I was writing because each week we would read what we wrote to, wrote about our book. And the kids kept saying, well, that's a neat book. I didn't know that... Uh, Animals were treated just like people when they went to the doctor and everything. So this is how this all got started. So after I 
uh, after the season was over for writing and everything, I just continued doing it. Every night I wrote a little bit more and then took it back because I was also taking a class, a writing class. And I'd take it back and I'd read them and we edit it and so forth. The hardest part was a title for the book. That was the hardest part. Writing the book was not wasn't that difficult because I just kept little tabs of everything we did at the wildlife center for these birds and things and and just added to the story. But the title was the hardest to come up with a title. That that took a little bit of work. And with my writing class, we finally came upon in big print, put the word wildfire and then underneath it. Tell it that, that this woodpecker is telling this story about how it all took place and what happened to him, and that's how it all got started. Just again, I, I can't say enough about the book. Let me remind folks who are just tuning in a little late or turning on their radios a little late. Frank McKay here with the author of that book, Rita M. Emery, and again, the book is called Wood. Uh, I'm sorry, Wildfire Woodpecker's Amazing Adventure. And it is, uh, it is just that. Uh, it may have been difficult to come up with the title, but it was a, it's a great title and, and says so much. It says it all right there. Uh, the wildfires really, in, uh, in some ways, um, in many ways, affect the wildlife in so, uh, in, in so uh, many different areas, but certainly woodpeckers. And, and if you can give, a, you know, without spoiling the book, of course, but if you can give people that are listening the uh, the rundown of why woodpeckers are affected by wildfire so much well any animal is uh and, and what makes it wood, difficult for the woodpeckers they actually bore themselves inside of a tr- tree and that's where they live and you know they fly around but if the fire is moving faster than they are it's hard to get out they a lot of the wildlife or or birds, they become they get their feathers singed and so forth, and burn. And and we do take care of those birds. All of them don't live because they just can't make it because they be overcome with the smoke. They're overcome with the debris, and then they fall to the ground and and they, and burn that way also. Um, it's not easy, and we, even. Our wildlife center has taken care of not only birds, but mammals, too, that have been through the fire in different areas of California. When they run out of one place, they send them to another place to try to, so we can try to help them get back to the wildlife. And it's not an easy process. Uh, This young bird was in for four months before he could leave because his top Red feathers were singed, and what was also singed were his feathers that controls him as he climbs a tree or as he pecks a tree. And they had to be all, all had to be grown back before they could be released. So yeah. it's, it's a interest, very interesting process and very rewarding to watch, something, to watch either a bird or a mammal get well, and then be released. And to release them, that's the greatest reward because you can see the minute they leave, they're so happy. Yeah. You uh, you had quite an adventure yourself uh, during uh, your your career and your, uh, and your life. 
but certainly when you got to into wildlife rescue, I mean, you became a heroic figure in my my book, and and I know you have a lot of colleagues there that are doing the same. But boy, what wonderful work you've done uh, there at the at the center, and uh, you know, and again, I haven't spoken to you in a while, but maybe you can kind of give us a. Uh, an overview once again of what you've done at that center. I mean, you're bathing these animals sometimes and handling them and, and just taking, you know. Uh, but, I mean, give us a little overview of that because you've, uh, Ems had a, a, an amazing adventure too. Well, my, my, I think my rewarding adventure is um, when we bring in the baby possums, when the baby possums come in, um, we try to select one because no life expectancy is three years. And I train those possums for to be ambassadors, our educational ambassadors, to go to schools, to go to parties, to go to groups or whatever, shows at, at home. And I think one of the most rewarding besides this woodpecker was we had a possum that came in, was hit by a car, and was not expected to live. And so one day I go out there to feed him, and I'm saying to myself, I'm going to use my background in athletic medicine that I have to help this critter uh, feel better. So what I did was I brought him in, took him to the educational room, and with five minutes a day for a while, I had him walking, just walking around and, and grooming him and everything to make him feel. And then in the end... He was able to walk 30 minutes and lived almost a year after this incident. And that, to me, are, are some of the things that I do with, with possums. Possums I usually work with mostly, but once in a while I get to do something else also. But possum is my specialty. Yeah, well, they're, they're really incredible creatures. Uh, someone's told me that when they're first born that you could you could put a... Uh, 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 several of them in the to a teaspoon, I think. Um, yes. Yeah, that very tiny. What was the smallest you've ever seen them at? Um, about the tip of my little, in the first joint of my little finger is the smallest I've seen them. Oh my God, that must be precious. To... They are, but a lot of times they don't survive in that kind of a situation because sometimes we get a possum that's been hit, a pregnant possum, and the babies are still in the pouch, and it's very difficult to try to uh, have them survive. But once in a while, we're lucky, and we do have a few that do survive. It's just it's just rewarding when you when you can get something to survive and watch it grow, and then say, now you can go and do your thing out there in the wild. That's the reward for the possums. But then I, the ones I do teach and train. That's very rewarding because a lot of these people do not see these animals or see these birds. So when we actually take them and they get to see them in person, they're just in awe that they're so well-behaved and everything. Um, they don't make attempt to run away. They don't attempt to fly away or anything. They're un under the control of the trainers. And it's just rewarding. Just watch the kids' expressions. I wish I could take a camera for every school I've been and get the kids' expressions, but that's not allowed. In the state of California, you cannot take pictures of students, and uh, it's just it, it's it's rewarding. You just you go home and you lay in bed and you just replay that in your mind. How rewarding is this? 
And that's how I look at this woodpecker book, too, is how rewarding that was to watch this woodpecker to get well, to get better, and be able to go back to where he came from. Again, the name of the book is Wildfire, Woodpecker's Amazing Adventure. Rita M. Emery is the author, and we are with her now. What a, I, I, I know it's five years, a lot of work, but a labor of love, I'm sure. And it's, I'm so proud uh, that we spoke about it before it was out, and now we're speaking about it as it's released. And, you know, I feel like uh, I've watched this journey. And then when I read it, I, I almost uh, teary-eyed read it. It's just, it's it's so beautifully put together. It really is. And, and what a story, what an adventure is, right? And, again, Rita M. Emery here with me, Frank McKay. If you, if, if you think about the different... Uh, species that you come across. You, you've mentioned some pretty. You, you've mentioned two very interesting ones. Uh, the the possums are, are, you know, are are really an amazing creature. I mean, it's you know the one of the few pouched, if not the only pouched, um, animal mammal here in in America. And right. uh, you know, it, of course, you have pouched animals in in Australia that we hear right. about. But, uh, you know, and then the, the woodpecker, and for a million different reasons, woodpeckers are just fascinating, you know, how they get their food and, and why they make the noise they do. I, what else have you come across in your, in, in your experience with the, uh, with the center and, and the rescue efforts that you do? Uh, what else have you come across other than woodpeckers and possum? Well, I think I told you when I fir- very first met you, we had a beaver that someone brought in yeah. and t- took care of that. Paradise, when they had the big fire, uh, one of the people that had them for their pets, uh, they couldn't get them out, and they brought them to us, and they had burned feet, singed feathers and everything, and we took care of them. And one of the ducks now is an is at a rehab place where they go and talk to the kids for reading lessons and things. He's used to that. Um, we've had, um, in our presence right now, we have a red tail, a red, red tail fox. Uh, we also have on site a coyote. Mm. And we also on site have a, have a beautiful that I dearly love is a, um, barn owl. Wow! But all these animals that I'm mentioning to you cannot be released. The um, beaver that we had, and we didn't know this at the time, but he ended up passing away because he had a heart condition that we didn't even know about. Oh and 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 we were looking forward to watching him develop, and he was getting bigger and better, and and then one day he passed away. And when they did an autopsy on him, it was because he had a, a heart defect that we didn't even know about. So that's something. I mean, you know, people and, you know, your students saying, saying to you that we didn't know animals could go to doctors and get uh, get treated mm-hmm. like humans. I, I guarantee you many adults don't don't realize that a beaver could have a heart, heart defect. But um, it's it's amazing how how close we are related to our mammal 
cousins and how mammal uh, relatives there. It's just just wonderful what you guys uh, do over there. Uh, the fox and the uh, and the coyote are interesting as well. Have you uh, have you been around the coyote? Um. I, I walk by and I talk to him, but I don't. Uh, you don't treat him. Uh, our our uh, medical director, she's very close with the coyote. She actually goes and feeds him, and and pets him and grooms him and so forth. And yeah, um, he was uh, the coyote has a very interesting story. He was hit as a baby. He was hit by a car, and injured one of his eyes. And when and it happened in Southern California, and the vet there said, oh. He's good enough to go back. Well, two weeks later, this coyote came back to him. And being in the meantime, we lost our original coyote. We asked if we could take that coyote because he didn't want to take him back if he kept coming back. And so he's been very interesting to watch, too. And people are very interested with when they come to, just to watch him walk around and play with play with his toys that we give him and, and, and everything. And it, it's just amazing how you associate with these animals. Like with the red fox, I can talk to him and have him come out of the cage and come to me and give me a big yawn at the door. And and I say, okay, I'll see you later. And then off he goes back to his cage. It's just amazing how you develop a friendship with these animal critters. And, and then when they pass away, it's just like you lost your brother or sister. Incredible. Rita M. Emery is our very special guest. Binge listen to everything that we've done here. She's the author. Uh, she's also an award-winning uh, educator and uh, and and uh, wildlife um, savior, you know, uh, and rescuer. I should say it's the word. But she is the author of the newly minted book, which is just fantastic. Everyone has to get one. Get two, get one for yourself, and get one for a Christmas present for, for someone who loves animals, certainly birds, uh, but any animals. They'll, they'll love this story so well crafted and, and put together. It's called Wildfire, Woodpecker's Amazing Adventure, and it is a must. Rita M. Emery is here with us. And, you know, the the fox, it's funny, He, you know, you, you go talking to him and he comes out of you once and he goes back, which which also shows a, a comfort level um, with you and with with the others. Yeah, that, you know, that he's coming out and he's, you know, he's yawning, he's relaxed, he's, you know, whatever. But uh, you mentioned the the possum having a three year uh, life expectancy. Uh, is that from yep. from the babies, uh, from the age of babies, or is it? Uh, is it? It's from the time. It's from the time that they become. Uh, they leave the pouch and are on their own, because they have no. Their growth rate is always. They're always growing. There's never a period you say you you grow for a year and then you wait for. They are constantly growing and growing and growing and growing. And then in the end, it just, uh, when it's the three years, is up. And they're lucky to even make three years. Some of the best educated possums I had to work with didn't even make for three years. Even though they were well-fed and well-taken care of, it, it, that's just so Their metabolism just is a constant thing, constant thing, constant thing. And they just... Uh, and they nibble, 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 eat all the time. 
and and then one day the heart just says no more and that's the end of that and it's sad because some of the best possums or the great possums that we've had to work with it, it just it really hurts i've always said this is the last time i'm doing this but then i go back and start all over again because they're just very loving when you really get attached to them they're very loving creatures and and people and what's sad is people try to make pets out of them and then when they they give them back to us and they're so fat and everything we have to try to get them to lose weight and everything they've been fed improperly and so forth it's it's just been an interesting whole process that I've been with these possums that I've learned a lot about them and but the life expectancy no matter what you do is three years. Once in a while, you'll get one that lives a little bit longer, but that's very rare. Uh, what do you feed the possum? Is it like worms and grubs and mice? No, no. You feed them uh, regular human food oh, chopped okay. up, like, like vegetables. and uh, uh, Ours love chicken hearts and vegetables, avocados, persimmons, and things like that. Oh, yes. They're, they're, they love food. They just love food. But, see, we get people who feed them, like this last one we had, poor thing was so overweight. And when we asked what you fed them, well, it was like potato chips, yogurt. I'm going, oh, my gosh. But, see, they don't know any better. And so you just say, thank you, and we'll do what we can. So we got her to lose some weight and live a little bit longer than probably anticipated that we thought she would, but... uh, that's that's a burden when they're overweight because when they become overweight, they drag their tail, they drag their hips, and now they're open for arthritis and everything else too. So it's just they're just almost like as you said before, almost like humans. You're almost saying this is what happens to people. How many times? You know? How often does a does a uh, possum? Uh, a female possum uh, have a litter. Uh, how often do they mate? Is it uh, more than once, twice, three times? You know, is it once a year? I, th- I, th- I think, if I remember correctly, I think it's only twice in their lifetime they do. But I could be wrong with that. But I've only known, I've only heard the word twice. And they can have a litter up to 13 in that little pouch. Yeah. And they're about the size of a dime when they're just when they're just born, they're about the size of a dime. Wow. Just, yeah. But 13 in that little pouch. Uh, oh, my goodness. I'm saying, oh, my Lord. <laughs> oh my God. But, yeah. You know, let me let me ask you about the, the dogs, uh, you know, the, the fox and the, and the coyote. Uh, are, are the two of them, uh, do they have a life expectancy similar to what a dog would have, like a, uh, yes. a domestic yes. dog? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, the coyote um, has been with us already, I guess, five years. The red fox, I would say probably the same. And they're well taken care of. I mean, the fox is a beautiful. A red fox is beautiful, especially... When they shed and they get their uh, lose their winter coating, oh, what beautiful! Oh, so beautiful, so beautiful. You know, you know what my favorite uh, study on on a coyote 
uh, was that there's a, there's a lot of interesting things because there's a reason why uh, why they named uh, the one wily coyote that they're, they're very intelligent creatures coyotes and the they did a study in a desert i don't know if i ever told you this but uh, they did a study in the uh, in a in, in the desert in the 70s i believe and what they did is they isolated coyote um, from other 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 coyotes and uh, and they isolated them from all food to see what their reaction would be. And you, you know what they started doing? They started, when they got hungry enough, they would lie on the ground as if they were dead, and they would play dead up to, uh, up to an hour even. And when a buzzard came down to peck on them, he would jump up, kill it, and eat it. And I thought, oh, my is, goodness. What a brilliant, you know, what a brilliant dog. I mean, what a what what a wily coyote is right. But have you ever heard that study? No, no, no. I haven't. That's a good one. I'll have to look that one up. I'll have to look that one up. That's a good one. Jeez. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. And, I, and you know, fox is supposed to, you know, be very, you know, they say the sly fox or whatever, but they're intelligent. And dogs in general are, are intelligent. Do you get any uh, water? Uh, creatures. Well, the the beaver, I guess, right? It would be considered. Um, go ahead. Well, the, down the road from us is where the wildlife, water wildlife, is sent to. Down the road from us, and that's where the uh, where they take care of all the water birds and things like that. Because usually they're involved with the oil spills that are taking place, yes. and uh, and they do a lot of work there. And that, I I've gone there a couple of times just to watch what they do, and it's amazing with a bottle of Dawn and uh, a lot of water, how they just work at this and work at this and clean each feather by feather by feather or whatever. It's just uh, amazing. But they usually, they're the ones where the water birds go to. It just happened to be this one time, the ducks, uh, when we got them, they their problem was they were burned and severely burned and, and we took care of them for quite some time and it's just like I said it's just amazing how amazing just how they treat them just like if it was me or you getting burned it was it was just amazing to watch this whole thing yeah as the six-year-old uh, so uh, six-year-old or the sixth grader, I should say, uh, so wisely uh, examined that animals need doctors' attention the same way, uh, same way uh, humans need it. And what a lesson to to learn there. Uh, Rita M. Emery once again is our very special guest, and we got a minute or two left with with M. And her book is Wildfire. Woodpecker's Amazing Adventure, and it is an amazing adventure, and it's always an adventure speaking to Rita. And I, let me ask you, did you leave uh, much on the cutting room floor? In other words, do you, do you have enough for a, a second book? Are you having a hankering to, to have a sequel to this book? Um, they've asked me to write another book with, with them. And I've been toying with the idea of writing a book about the po- the possums that I have trained and raised, and their amazing adventure. Because each all eight of them were all different, but yet all very loving creatures. And and people at first at first when I took this job and I went to a show, people said. Boy, if I had a shotgun, I'd kill that thing. Those those things are worthless. 
Oh, boy. Eight years later, I do not hear that. I hear, oh, that looks like a pet. Oh, that looks like your cat. Yep. Oh, what a cute little thing. What a difference between negative eight years ago and so positive now. Because a possum, they'll eat your mosquitoes. They'll eat your snails in your garden uh, ticks, and things too. like that. They eat ticks, I think. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It really, they're an incredible animal, possum, and and we have, um, uh, you know, if the more you get to know the possum, the more you love the possum. Uh, at first glance, people say, "Oh, it's a rat without without hair on the face and without hair on the on the tail and and, uh, and the sharp teeth and everything else." So it's a scary looking creature, but they're really right. beautiful creatures, and they could be very gentle. Yeah, when they're very when they're very small, they're just adorable. You just can't help but love them. Yeah. But but you're right. When they get bigger and they look like, oh my God, what is this coming around? But but in Australia, the possums they have hair on their tail and they have hair on their face, whereas the ones here in America don't. Yeah. Well, so when they're entirely different. Well, let me ask you if you have a website or a social media site where people could follow along with what you're doing. No, I don't. No, well, that's just, one thing. Yeah. I, one thing I don't have in my. I'm not a technology guru by any means. So, okay. So, but they. But I do know they can purchase the book through Amazon or Google Play. Terrific, yeah, terrific. I know. I know that much. I. I know that much. Well, listen. I want to congratulate you on the book. Uh, who is your illustrator? Can we can we give a, a shout out? Oh yes, uh, she. You won't believe this, but she um, used to be an illustrator for the Jelly Bean Factory place. And uh, oh, wow! And I happened to come across somebody uh, mentioned her, and her name is Patricia Reed. She um, used to live in Northern California, but now she and her husband. And their bull mastiffs, they moved to Oregon somewhere. Um, but she was an illustrator for other authors, and she was also an illustrator for the Jelly Bean Factory here in Susun. And someone sent me to her, and I talked to her, and she says, Oh, I would love to do that. Didn't all she ever asked of me? I would. I want a copy of the book. And I said, that would be no problem. Wow. What a just and, wonderful, wonderful mm-hmm. people out there. And she was a great, really a great person, very patient, and uh, apparently very talented. I didn't realize that she had worked at the Jelly Belly Factory and other authors. And she's done other things for other groups that wanted something done and, and things like that. So she's very good at what she does. What, what a great collaboration. I want to congratulate you once again, and, and thank you for writing this book, and thank you for everything that you, you do with animals. I'm a big wildlife, and I've been to 50 countries, all 50 United States, and six continents, and all I do when I go there is I look for animals. I look in the wild. I don't want to shoot them. I want to, I want to take pictures of them. I want to see them. I want to witness them in the wild, and I love it. So Rita M. Emery, for, on behalf of... All of us uh, who are, uh, love wildlife, thank you for what you're doing, and thank you very much, and congratulations on the book once again. And thank you for having me on your show, too. I appreciate that. Rita M. Emery, everyone, is the author. 
a wonderful book. It is a must-get. It is called Wildfire, Woodpecker's Amazing Adventure. It's a must-get for the holidays for sure. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down.